Batman Universe. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Batman Universe podcast. This is episode 167. I said welcome back. I'm assuming you've listened to us before. 167 is a weird place to start. I am one of your hosts. Uh, I'm not even going to say my name because, you know, I'm going to introduce <laughs> the important guy first, <laughs> which is my bad chum, my bad pal, Andy DiGenova. Hello, Andy. Hello, and I, it is my honor to introduce my bat chum and co-host, Jamie Magoo Magow Magoonical. Oh, well, thank you. And it's nice to be back. It has been a while. Um, yes. So here comes the part of the show where we apologize for how it long is. it has been. It um, there have been there's been travel, and then honestly, there's been a lot of like turmoil just in our non podcasting lives, specifically mine. Uh, and uh, I and hate s- our non podcasting lives, Andy. I, I, I like to pretend there isn't even a non-podcasting life at all. I, I pretend this is all there is. Um, but anyway, some things that have been going on made it tough for, for Jamie and I to get together and record. Um, certainly no issues with Jamie and myself and our friendship, but... Um, we're, we're pals to the end. We are. It's nothing like that. we the ship down together. Uh, yeah, that's right. Damn right. <laughs> so, so we're happy to be back. And uh, honestly, like, I just... I, I miss talking Batman with you, Jamie, so I'm glad we're back. We got lots of Thanks, stuff to cover, because I don't even know when the last one was, man. Like, uh, It was just before Suicide Squad, and we're like, don't worry, guys. We'll next cover. week. Yeah. Next week's the big week, and we're going to review it, and we'll save all this other stuff, because it's fine. We're going to do a huge, robust episode, we promised. And, uh, you know, life happens, as it does. Yeah, I know. So, uh... It, life did happen. And, it did. And, it did. And but it's cool. We're throws still you here. for a loop. Uh, you know that you know that meme of the little dog sitting amongst many flames, and he says, "This is fine." Oh yes, that's uh, I'm the little dog right now. Yeah, that's me. You're handling it, man. I'm You're braving it. the storms. Good job, man. Um, I, yeah. So before before we get into all the news that uh, is fit to print, let's talk a little bit. First of all, thanks for everybody who is supporting the Batman universe and have, has made donations to help keep our servers up. But if you have not made a donation, um, uh, that would be really, really helpful for us. You can go to the batmanuniverse.net and uh, click on the donate button. And just a tiny bit uh, would, would be a huge, massive help. If everybody just gave a dollar, um, we could cover our server costs. So uh, if you could do that, that would be awesome. And so a huge thanks to everybody who has done that already. We appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah, guys, thank you uh, for all of you who have donated. We're up to like 52% of our goal. So thank you so much for all of you guys out there who have contributed and helped us keep us keep this going. Uh, but if you have it and you can spare a few, please do. We truly appreciate it. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Let's get into this. So has anything happened in the last few weeks? Nothing has happened. All right. That's well, the good, good thing. So good. The, the, the hiatus is is not missed at all. Um, you know, there's nothing to talk about. So, I mean, I think this is a good opportunity to just wrap it up right here. Let's all just right. Well, it's been fun. Intro. Yeah. So it's great to talk to you, Andy. Um, you know what? What the hell? I, I heard this little inkling of news, and it's it's about this little little piece it's a little side dealy, kind of obscure cult following 
Uh, this movie called Suicide Squad that came out. I think I'm oh, saying it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, a little indie film. Yeah, yeah. It's just real small. Starring the Fresh know. Prince. Yeah, exactly. They filmed it on an He's iPhone. finally acting now, which is exciting. That guy, yeah. He, he's been hiding in the shadows for a while, but he's out there. So I, th- I think that kid might have a future. <laughs> I think you're right, Andy. Uh, so if you guys haven't listened uh, to all the other podcast that Andy does, including his own, uh, about <laughs> Suicide Squad, then you're in for a treat because we're about to talk a little bit about this movie. Yeah, um, and that's why I, I really just want to hear your thoughts um, because anybody who, who has followed me on other shows uh, knows my feelings, so I don't want to take too much of the time. So we actually, we, there was like a good week where I didn't even get a chance to talk to you about how you thought about the movie. We did get to chat a little bit, uh, which was fun, but... Let's start. Um, it's been a few weeks. The movie is is doing very well at the box office. Obviously, the reviews have not been well or good at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think we're I think we're free to talk spoilers, so we'll just put that out there. I'm sure that if you listen to the show, you've already seen Suicide Squad. Um, but spoilers are fair game. So, Jamie, what did you think? Gosh, overall, I think um, I, I think it was a really fun summer movie. Um, I think I had built my expectations up for this movie a little too much. I think some of the trailers and um, like the excitement, like I really like that song Heathens by 21 Pilots and that coupled with a lot of the footage and a lot of the stuff I was seeing and um, the stylistic quality of the movie, um, which was definitely there. Um, it really, really kind of had built this movie up to me like like almost BVS standard. And it just didn't hit that mark for me. It was it was definitely fun, but I I had a lot of little um, little issues with with uh, the, some of the characters and well each of the characters. Honestly, there were things that I was like, oh, this was so great, but this didn't quite gel with me. Um, and I won't get into all of that um, just because again we're kind of behind the curve with um, with uh, our our review of the sh- of the movie on our show. Um, but, uh, I, I would give it, uh, you know, probably an overall, I would say, uh, B minus to C plus. Um, unfortunately I think especially the Joker stuff and I've yet to see it again. I've been kind of waiting to see it with, uh, my girlfriend, um, and, and she's been gone traveling and, uh, I, I really want to check it out and see if that kind of changes for me a bit, but for some reason, that the Joker stuff, which was so obviously important um, in the movie and for most of us Bat fans, um, it didn't gel with me. And there was something about it that just felt beneath what I thought the Joker should be. And that definitely sullied um, the movie quite a bit because once that hit me, I I really had a hard time kind of picking myself up from the fact that I didn't like it right off the bat. Um, after that, I should say all the Joker stuff, it, there was, there were things like, especially obviously, um, the, um, the, the, the cover, the, the, uh, Alex Ross cover, you know, the homage to that cover, uh, that was just a brilliant scene. And, and a lot of that character really developed and, 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 um, formed into some better stuff for me later on. But, um, you know, there was a lot of triumphs with the movie as well. The, the Batman stuff in it was great. Harley Quinn just knocked it out of the park. Margot Robbie, she just nailed it. Um, and there, it was a very fun movie. I honestly think that there was just – I might have just built it up too much 
um, for myself, uh, where it, it really is a great summer movie at the end of the summer. And um, so I don't necessarily fault the movie entirely. And I think some of the things also just as, um, you know, a diehard fan of, of this content, um, you know, you kind of can ruin it for yourself when you build it up a lot. And so there were things that each of these characters hit that some of the marks when they didn't hit um, didn't succeed as well for me. But, you know, I, I still think, um, you know, David Ayer, he did his thing and it was a, a really loud, fun um, his stylistic uh, success of a movie, and and people are overall loving it. I think you know, like as you mentioned, despite critic uh, reviews. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's that's kind of my review in a nutshell of it. Is I didn't love it. Like BVS really was such a success for me, and 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 especially afterwards, hearing how critically it had been smashed. This um, I don't. I definitely don't align with the critics because they're just tearing it to pieces. Um, but uh, it, it definitely hit somewhere in the middle of all the you know excitement about it, and then some of the the critical uh, reviews of it uh, for me. So yeah, which which I know is kind of different from you, Andy. Where um, overall, I think this movie was kind of a, a overall a hit for you as as far as all the stuff that I've listened to you talk about on the other podcasts. Yeah, I. I... I really like the movie, and I, I have my own issues with it, but I, I, I found the issues to be relatively minor uh, in comparison with the amount of fun I had watching it and the amount of fun I had spending time with these characters. And for me, that's the strength of the movie, and that's what makes it work so well, is I thought all of the characters were were realized really well, great cast, bringing these characters to life in a way that... Uh, you know, really excited me that I, for me really delivered. Uh, I, I remember we were talking about it and I, I, it was sad to hear that the Joker just didn't work for you. Um, I, I kind of understand that because he wasn't like my favorite part. I thought he did a good job and there were, there were certain flashes within his performance that I, I absolutely loved. But at the end of the day, there just wasn't enough of it to really, feel like we've got a brand new joker it was more of a tease of a new joker than than a fully fleshed out new version at least absolutely um so i knew that that was a big a big drawback for you uh but for me deadshot was so good harley was so good uh waller um el diablo like i honestly they were all uh you know for me the squad worked so well boomerang boomerang was a blast you know like i had such a great time with the squad that um i had a great time with the movie so you know some some of my drawbacks were you know like everybody's been saying i thought the enchantress was kind of undercooked uh but if we threw out every superhero movie because of a weak villain well we'd be throwing out a lot of superhero movies so (laughs) and this has plenty of villains so it's fine yeah that was good (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so even though that is, I think, a weaker part of the movie, I'm not willing to throw the whole movie on the fire because of it, because, again, there everyone else was so good in it. Um, a, you know, a little of the action was shot, I thought, a little clumsily, so, you know, I thought that could have been done a little bit better. Uh, so, yeah, I had a couple issues throughout, but overall, I had a great time with it. I, I saw it four times. boy. So, I, I, I would have stopped at three. I was good at three, but it was my birthday, and I like to go to the movies on my birthday, and the fact that there was a movie out 
on my birthday that had Batman and the Joker and Harley, how could I not go see that? So that was why I went, I went for viewing number four. Otherwise, I think three, I would have been good. But yeah, so for me, it was, even though it's not a perfect movie and, and, uh, you know, has, has its issues. I just, I just had a great time with it. And, you know, and I think that's, that is kind of in line with what you're saying is that it's a really entertaining summer movie. That's how I felt. I felt that it was, uh, you know, it was a lot more effective in just giving you a good time, uh, than something like say Batman V Superman, which although I love Batman V Superman and, and, and I think that that's a good movie, it's, it's a less fun movie and it's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. And so this was it was more about just giving you a good time and for that I think that it it achieved its goal. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the thing is I think one of the biggest things with this movie for me is it's weird sometimes when you see a movie and stuff just doesn't work and you don't know why, you know? It's like that was almost immediate with immediately with Jared Leto um as the Joker and I I don't know if it was just there wasn't enough of a build to him. I wish there was more of maybe like a hint of his presence and kind of you know it was just like all of a sudden you're just kind of there with him and he mm-hmm. and it's it's very quick. Yeah, he just yeah they, they like they don't they don't tease him or build him up at all. It's just oh there's the Joker. He's just there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, for some reason, like it just, you know, like I said, right off the bat, it just didn't gel with me. And I, I was kind of going, oh, no, I'm not loving this right now. And then it it kind of kept with that tone. And uh, all that to say, um, sometimes movies like this, I want to be convinced, um, not convinced, sold on it. Um, so it's one of those things that even when you and I were talking more about it, uh I think I was kind of going, yeah, you know, actually, when you say that, that makes more sense. And it and it puts to bed some of the initial issues that I have with seeing the movie. And um, it kind of reminds me a little bit, and I hate to say it because I don't think it's um, quite at the, the scrutinizing level of it. Uh, it reminds me of episode one of Star Wars. Um, that, that movie, you know, it, it just – once a lot of people, I talked to them about it and they were kind of explaining the theories behind certain things. I was like, you know what? I see – I don't feel like it's it's a, a success and what they delivered. But I see what they were going for and it makes it more forgivable. And so there's there's things about Suicide Squad that I think if I talk more about it and I have more of these conversations, I think I'll go, you know what? Actually, these nitpicks that I have are not as insurmountable as I as I had thought. But they're just, you know, sometimes you see a movie and you're like, I don't know what it is. I just didn't like – it just didn't hit me. Like Hunger Games. The first Hunger Games, I don't know what it was. I'm an emotional moviegoer. I go and watch movies and I get into it. And that movie, I watched it and I felt nothing. And it was the weirdest thing ever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's the deal, you know? So that's kind of how I feel about this movie is I'm, it's not overly emotional. It's not over the top, um, you know, trying to be more than it should be. It's just for some reason, I don't know if I was distracted or what, it just didn't hit a hundred percent. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see it again. And I'm really excited to see, um, you know, if things change, uh, for me and, and kind of, 
what happens going forward. But I think I think the bottom line is the thing that's cool about this movie is it has a really great setup. It's really original. It's got you know a lot of people are comparing it to a million other things and saying oh I had this from this and that from that. I really didn't feel that way. I felt like um, you know it it was truly its own thing. Um, stylistically, story-wise, there, it really has its own identity in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and so I think that a lot of the setup and potential for this and the, the universe going forward is, a, is one of the big triumphs of this movie. And, I, and so at, at the very least for that, even if, you know, overall as a movie, I'm not like, oh, well, it's not the – for me, it's not like the best thing ever. I think that it, it's, it still provides a lot of um, opportunity in the future uh, for a lot of really great successes in this cinematic universe. I think it's, it's going to be really cool going ahead. Yeah, and I think you will probably enjoy it on additional viewings. I know that, you know, our our pal Brian, he went and he he was kind of lukewarm on it the first time as well. And then he went again and he said he liked it a lot more the second time. And I honestly found the same to be true because the first time, you know, the – the flaws in the movie I think were a little more pronounced because I was seeing the movie for the first time. Uh, but then when I go again, like these things don't take me by surprise and you just kind of sort of accept them as part of the movie and then you can have more fun with it. Something else that, that Brian said was, you know, he had heard so, so many criticisms before going to see the movie that he found himself looking for them. Oh, and, yeah. and I totally get that. Like that's what happened to me when I saw Batman V Superman yeah. the first time is I had heard so many complaints that I was sitting there looking and waiting for them to happen. And that can really ruin a viewing experience. So, you know, it, at least for me, additional viewings, the bad stuff kind of melts away and you just kind of accept it for what it is. And then you can really have a good time with the good stuff. So hopefully when you get a chance to check it out again, whether it be in a theater or at home, uh, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll get some more enjoyment out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting. And, and I'll, I'll just say this last little bit about it, how we all who are really big fans of this stuff we all kind of have this mental like book report of each of these characters that we know and how much we know about them and what we expect from them and what shows up on screen versus what kind of we digest and how our expect what our expectation of that character is it's so it's so weird how you know sometimes it just gel you know the, the bottom line being and it always compared the heath ledger joker is so different than anything we had ever seen from the Joker. But for some reason, you're just sold on it. It just works, you know? And, and most people, I think, agree with that, uh, uh, resoundingly so. And, and it's just, I don't know if it's the storytelling or, or his delivery or what, but it's, it's really just this weird kind of magic, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. that sometimes things just, I, you know, really work and sometimes they don't. And, you know, but like I'm always after, um, you know, I'm always chasing down that kind of that magical like wow element of these of these movies that these these things that make you feel you know really connected with them. And so when I don't feel that connection, um, you know, I just I'm like I, I want to try. I just want to you know try even more uh, to do so. So yeah, so so it, it, it's just it's so weird because. I guess just thinking about us and, and Batman v Superman, um, how the world was divided on that movie, and and I feel that Andy, you and myself and, and Brian as well, we were all really kind of in unison, like going, 
you know, I don't really get what the world is talking about and how interesting it is now uh, with Suicide Squad, uh, which is generally, I would think, kind of be a less heavy movie as far as our qualifications for it. Um, we're really kind of all over the map, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I, the bottom line is I love this stuff, and and it's it's just so it's just so fun to talk about. So yeah, but but I can't wait to see it again, and and maybe we'll um, talk more in the future. I'm sure we'll talk more in the future about this movie, and and we'll see where I stand. I, I'm excited to see if I change kind of uh, my opinion on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and and. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. That's totally fine. But, you know, I think like B minus C plus, that's not, that's not a bad place. It's just an average place. And, and so be it, you know? Yeah. Um, it wasn't a bomb by any means. It just, it, it's just, you know, it's, these things are near and dear to our hearts, Andy, you know? So yes, we, we get passionate about it. We want diamonds every time. Diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will agree the Batman moments, although there were just a couple, I adored every freaking frame of, of Batman and Bruce Wayne in this movie. Oh yeah, man. It's, Oof. it's so, it's so neat to, to not be in a world where you're just soaking up every moment of Batman, uh, you know, in a, in its own standalone movie, knowing that you have to wait for another Batman movie to come out. Just the first time we're seeing Batman in other stuff in a movie not about him that he exists in this world it's just like oh man any it feels it feels really like anything's possible you know with that kind of you know just in and out like how much are we going to see him how much is going to happen uh it's it's so cool i loved it too mm-hmm. yeah well awesome good there's there's great stuff in there and then your uh you know your mileage may vary uh again hopefully you'll you'll enjoy it more the second time you see it but i did want to kind of get your thoughts um yeah much appreciated man and and guys honestly i i recommend if we can say one last thing about it it's just um you know honestly if you align with the critics all the time you know okay that may be one thing and you may take their their word to heart uh, every time, but I think it's. I think we all understand this is kind of a new day and age when it comes to to critics and movies. Uh, it's sort of taking these weird waves, um, and and there's such momentum and negative and positive um, reviews. Uh, but I would ask you to not just not see a movie based off of that. I, I would honestly, if you're interested in a movie and you think you want to see it, and 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 critics say it's bad. I still encourage you to go see it, truthfully, because uh, there's been a bunch of people that I've shown, even BBS, that didn't go based off of the reviews. And they're like, oh, man, I, I just I, – I didn't think it was going to be this. And mm. I'm like, yeah, well, that's that's why you have to experience it for yourself. And just like Andy and I, you know, we had different outcomes and experiences with Suicide Squad. It can be different for everyone. So just go out there and, and check it out if you're interested at the very least. Yeah. Well, and I'm – I'm sure they did. But yeah, I guess what's so shocking to me is the fact that, you know, you mentioned that something like Suicide Squad carries a lot less, uh, you know, a lot less baggage, a lot, a yeah. lot lower expectations than something like Batman v Superman. But that did not keep the Internet from beating the shit out of this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they were brutal. Absolutely brutal. Just that's oh, crazy. Um, yeah. So there you go. Our thoughts on Suicide Squad. Uh, for me, it was a good solid B plus. Really entertaining. Not perfect. Uh, B minus C plus for Jamie. Uh, so 
that's where we stood. And now we've got a quite a long wait until our next, uh, our next DCEU film, at least, you know, we got some animated stuff in the, in the interim, but for the next big movie, it's going to be wonder woman next June, but, uh, we're not done talking about suicide squad because one of the more controversial elements of the film is, uh, not only the Joker himself, but uh, the edit of the movie and things that may have been cut out of the film. So Jared Leto was in the UK. He was talking to BBC Radio 1, uh, and he was talking about some of the stuff that got cut out of, cut out of the movie. Um, and he said some of them was some of his favorite work that he has ever done. He says, I think I brought so much to the table in every scene that it was probably more about filtering all of the insanity because I wanted to give a lot of options. And I think there's probably enough footage in this film for a Joker movie. If I were to die tomorrow, maybe the studio would roll something out. I always wish this film was rated R, and I'd actually said that when we were starting. I felt like if a film was ever going to be rated R, it should be the one about the villains. Uh, and then talking about scenes that got cut, he said, were there any that didn't get cut? I'm asking you, were there any that didn't get cut? There were so many scenes that got cut from the movie, I couldn't even start. There was so much that we shot that's not in the film. Um, he also said that he'd love to star in his own Joker movie. He'd love to see more of his character in a Suicide Squad sequel. Um, and, uh, so anyway, he also, you know, kind of reinforcing it when he was talking to a, a different outlet, he said, we shot so much footage. There's so many scenes that are not in the film. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know exactly what's been cut out, but I do understand it's an introduction to the Joker. Now it's a bit more of a supporting part than maybe it could have been if they used everything. Yeah, so this is obviously all over the place right now. There's it kind of started a little bit small and then really ramped up. I think I think probably as a reaction to um, you know a lot of the negative reviews. Um, Jared Leto obviously has a lot to to carry with this this mantle here. I mean, some of the greatest and most renowned performances in the history of acting have been performed by people who have played the Joker uh, and. And so I could see why, you know, after all this, he's he's really getting out there. Um, e- even if even if everything that he's saying is is false, I could see his reaction to it. But I think that there's probably a lot of validity to this, and that you know, it's tough being a supporting character um, that is generally a mainstay and a main character. In and I think this is the first time. This must be the first time that the. Uh, definitely cinematically that the Joker has been a sort of a side character in a, in a movie. And, you know, that's a lot, to, it's a lot to deliver on because you have to, the, the scenes that are in this movie, they have to knock it out of the park, you mm-hmm. know, uh, because if the scenes that get left out, if those are key scenes that really sell the audience, well, tough luck, you know, I guess it's wait for the extended edition or the, you know, so the, the, uh, deleted scenes. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to see. You know, obviously, a Joker movie wouldn't really work on its own, but obviously, the whole world is really interested to see what we're going to get to see from these deleted scenes and and all this stuff and how much complexity this character he brought because he definitely gave it his all. You know, so um, you know, uh, uh. Kudos, kudos, you know, for to him, like get, getting out there and kind of 
fighting his fight and all that. Uh, well, but, but here's the thing, like, you know, he's been talking about this a lot and a lot of websites have kind of been say, running these stories about how bitter and jaded and pissed off Jared Leto is. But if you actually read these false quotes like I did, he doesn't seem that bitter and jaded. He seems like, you know, maybe disappointed, but he also seems to understand why it happened. Like he, he says right here, I'm a supporting character in this movie. They were trying to filter the insanity. I gave them a lot of options. We shot a lot of footage. He seems to understand it. So it's, you know, it's another example of, of, uh, websites and the press just going crazy with something. He doesn't seem all that bitter. He seems to understand it. He seems to be a lot more reasonable about it. And, you know, a point he made and the point you just made is the fact that, yeah, in this movie, the Joker, this is a movie that has the Joker in it, but is not about the Joker. Yep. So he shouldn't, he shouldn't be front and center. Not in, not in this movie. You know, if you look at the Joker's other most memorable cinematic appearances, he is the main adversary to Batman in a film here. He is a supporting character that, more than anything informs the main character of Harley Quinn. So, so although I would love to see that additional Joker footage and, and I'm not necessarily saying they should have cut it all, but I also kind of understand it because for his role in this film, he is in it enough, but he's just not center stage. And that is weird. We're not used to that for a character like the Joker. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not to mention, I think, um, this next story that we're about to cover, it, you know, kind of harnesses a lot of the ideas surrounding, um, not only just the performance of the Joker and what he's bringing to the table, but, um, also, you know, the day and age that we live in and, you know, it's a very, um, uh, PC culture we live in and, and the social media and sort of the overall morale of society and on the internet, um, it, it has a very hard stronghold on movies. And there are things that you used to be able to do that people would just go, oh, well, it's a movie. And now that you can't. And um, I think uh, that basically this image started circulating online of um, of uh, the Joker of Leto kind of scolding Harley Quinn and and a lot of this sort of abuse that is um, pretty central to their relationships a lot of time. Um, people who don't know the character maybe don't know or both these characters don't, don't know that uh, generally uh, with Harley Quinn, it's like she's pining after the Joker and he sort of plays sweet to her when it is sort of to his advantage. But mm-hmm. um, he's he's really using her for the most part. And um, they tr- they decided in the movie to – I think that they shot some of that stuff. But this image shows him kind of scolding her and, and their abusive relationship. And I think uh, early on in, in shots uh, kind of – what is it? Spy footage. We were seeing scenes of him kind of slapping her and, and being really – um, harsh with her, not that he was like some great loving person in in the movie uh, that we saw, uh, but you know, I think that that sort of um, overall, I guess, stronghold again to say, um, really can temper how uh, a performance comes out and what they show as well, um, because initially they they had a lot more of this abusive relationship that we're seeing screenshots of. And that I think we may see a little bit more of, um, 
that was in the movie that they decided to to remove uh, because uh, you know obviously it's it's just kind of these are two very um, well known characters at this point and to show their relationship being really um, I think that that almost negative I mean really overall which is kind of what it is in the comics I think they really feared that. Um, and, and, and so they decided to cut all that. So, so that's kind of making the rounds right now. Um, uh, but the image definitely shows, uh, uh, that you'll see it online. It's kind of like Joker, uh, Jared Leto, uh, the Joker kind of, he's kind of got his finger up and Harley looks really upset. And I guess this is sort of the scene that where, um, he was kind of being harsh with her. And instead they made it sort of this lighthearted version where they were talking about, um, all of the things, uh, I'm trying to remember the movie, all the favorite things. Yeah. It's where he's, he says, he's, I've got, you know, I've got grape soda on ice and a bear skin rug or something to that. Effect. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's right after, um, she escapes and jumps into the helicopter with the Joker. Uh, this yes. is obviously from the same scene. So yeah, in the movie, it's a, it's, it's almost a sweet and romantic scene. And here, uh, this obviously takes place during the same scene. It seems like maybe there was, you know, there was also some, uh, some arguing that happened in in this scene as well that's not in the film. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the prevailing um, hypothesis as to why a lot of the Joker stuff was cut is that test audiences reacted negatively to seeing uh, the Joker being too harsh to Harley. And so um, who knows how true that is? I mean, we do know that there was that entire scene shot where – Harley or Harleen Quinzel is on the motorcycle and gets confronted by the Joker and he ends up slapping her. We've seen that. And that's not none of that sequences in the film at all. Uh, so there does seem to be some truth to that. Um, so yeah, and it, it just it really kind of to me connects with a lot of I mean, like you already mentioned, you know, a lot of of Leto's frustration because he is he is you know trying to be true to the character as much as he can um and you know in the comics that that the scene a lot of the scenes that they shot that they seem to have cut um that sounds very true to the comics but you know especially Harley Quinn um this is a character that really has taken her own uh, has gotten her own momentum uh, way more than I mean she was she's been a beloved character since she was introduced in the animated series but I mean it's it's gone to next level you know so to have this character even a character like the Joker which is a big deal um, treating her so badly I mean I, it's no surprise to me uh, that that the audi- test audiences would have reacted negatively and they would have responded to that and said you know even though this is true to their character in the comics I just don't we just don't feel like we can continue um or at least portrayed as extremely as as we uh have in the past in the comics or maybe in the stuff that they had shown i mean it it definitely was they did their best i i think uh, from what i saw to to keep it still in that nature but um you know, I mean, it, it was obvious to me too that there, like, there was more of a mutual obsession with one another uh, versus the obsession that Harley generally has in the comics, just with the Joker and and him really just using her. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's a tough thing, man. I mean, being a movie maker nowadays, gosh, uh, or a writer, it's like pff, I, I I give my kudos to those guys because it's it's a lot of people to please. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, so yeah, you can see the image on there. It's uh, I just I think it's actually a really cool image of of just the Joker and Harley. I I dig it. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like overly. If it, it, it doesn't, it's not like he's like smacking her. I know like that's I, that's. I thought the headlines around this image were completely exaggerated because it was like because it was like new Suicide Squad image shows the abusive relationship between Joker and Harley. So I expected it to be him smacking her or being physically yeah. abusive and he's just pointing a finger in her face and i'm like oh yeah, that's she it looks sad and he's being assertive which oh, is okay completely you know low. yeah uh so uh all right fair enough um fair enough. Moving on to uh, the Suicide Squad cast share their favorite scenes. In, in an interview with MTV, the cast revealed their favorite scenes that ended up being on the cutting room floor. Uh, Margot Robbie said she had to learn a wicked dance routine for her scene at the club, but only quick snippets ended up making it into the movie, and she was a little disappointed by that. Uh, I kind of guessed that, too. She yeah. she seemed to be working it uh, in in that scene, but you only get a couple glimpses of it. So that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, they definitely focus on the Joker more in that scene. Uh, Jai Courtney says there was a scene between Boomerang and Killer Croc that got cut. Apparently Boomerang said the wrong thing to Croc, which uh, who ended up smacking him into a bunch of containers. I want to see that. I know, that sounds awesome. I really want to <laughs> see that. Like, that makes me sad. That sounds awesome. Especially yes. because those are two characters that, even though I really enjoyed them in the film, I could have used more of. Yes, Agreed. And I loved, like, what a jerk Boomerang was and how he just was just a dick to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Leto, Leto didn't give any specific examples, um, but he kind of said the same thing he said in the past, where you could fill up an entire DVD with all the deleted scenes. Uh, Jay Hernandez and Will Smith didn't give a straight-up answer, but they joked about a love scene between Deadshot and Rick Flagg. Um, which, That's honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised, because I think one of the strongest relationships in the film was Deadshot and Rick Flagg. I loved their dynamic. For me, it yeah. really worked. Yeah, I agree. Their mutual, their mutual respect for one another. I mean, it really started pretty quickly. I mean, from the get go, uh, with the whole, you know, testing Deadshot, uh, you know, all of that. It was like they both kind of had this military, um, you know, sharpshooter respect, and it was like, it was visceral, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah, despite uh, you know a lot of things obviously being cut from the movie and a lot of negotiating, you know this movie is still doing quite well. I mean, third weekend in a row we just passed, and uh, it is still number one at the box office. Uh, it's held the number one spot for three weeks and has added another twenty point seven million uh, this past weekend, uh, bringing the domestic total up to twenty or twenty two. $162.3 million. Uh, so the guys at Warner Brothers uh, say, uh, you know, we're in great shape, said Jeff Goldstein, uh, who is the executive pri- vice president. He said, well, we're well on our way to $300 million domestically. Uh, they hit the, they crossed the $500 million mark worldwide. Uh, so it's on its way to hitting uh, $600 they, million. They, it actually, it actually just passed 600 as we were really? talking. Yep. Wow. Well, good da- for them, David yeah. Ayer tweeted out a little update that it just passed 600 worldwide. Wow, that is crazy. I mean, not to, to me, not surprising. I mean, honestly, it's like it is such a weird, different world um, from the critical success to the actual success, the financial success, and the the fans are really getting out there with their wallets. So 
That's awesome. And and coinciding with that, I think, in the success of this movie is the soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, so aside from the movie being number one three weeks in a row, the Suicide Squad soundtrack has been number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Um, so that's great. Number one movie, number one album. I know I bought it. Um, it debuted at number one. Uh, and uh, it is still number one. I know it's still number one on iTunes, and uh, so, yeah, not only is the movie doing incredibly well, so is the soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and uh, I think we talked about it before, Andy. Uh, we had both watched the Kevin Smith review where it's like, there's literally every well-known song that you can think of, um, you know. It's like almost every song that at 2 a.m. at a bar starts up, um, you know, or just like the classic billboard toppers, you know, is in this freaking movie. They they really went for it and they shelled out the money for um, you know, the the overall soundtrack. So the the new songs that they have from a lot of the the really famous uh popular bands now and, and you know, I mean Bohemian Rhapsody and all the other um Yeah, it know, doesn't have it doesn't have many of the uh the classic songs. Most of it is the new songs by the current artists and even um even really? Bohemian, yeah, yeah. Most of it is new music. So they didn't put those those other songs on the soundtrack, even though they're in the movie. Most of them, no. Wow, that's really weird. So yeah, the ones that that were, I mean, they did put Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's not even the original version. It's a cover by Panic at the Disco. Oh, that's so bizarre. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's those are very available yeah but, so mean, yeah so all of like the classic songs the uh, like it looks like the only the only one that really made it on the soundtrack was fortunate son by credence clearwater revival Clearwater revival yeah. yeah that is so bizarre because i mean think about like obviously everybody's comparing this to guardians of the galaxy think about that soundtrack you know if you did that without soundtrack without the classic songs you wouldn't have a soundtrack. <laughs> it yeah. just wouldn't exist. So very strange. I don't know how that all works. But anyways, good for them. Uh, some great music, obviously, in that movie. Uh, but let's move on, Andy, to a little bit of Justice League. We and, have to, a and a very little. Very, very little bit. It's just, it's just a little little smidge. Just um, a tiny little thing. Um, Henry Cavill put on, on Instagram a little tease um, from the set of, of I was going to say Suicide Squad, of Justice League. And uh, it is a very... It rolls off the tongue so nicely. I know. Well, we've just talked about it for 40 minutes. So. <laughs> um, uh, it is a, a an extreme close-up of his Superman costume, and it appears to be the black Superman costume that... You know, if you are a comic book fan and you are familiar with the death and resurrection of Superman, you will remember that when he was resurrected in the comic books, he was in an all-black costume. And uh, this picture seems to tease that for the Justice League film. I have also seen some people say maybe it's the actual costume and he just put a black and white filter on and he's messing with us. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. And honestly, that's why I didn't give it much thought because I was like, okay, I either it's the black costume where he's messing with us, either way I'm good. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people were taking to Instagram and just going, you idiots, it's the monochromatic version. What's wrong with you? Uh, at the very least, I mean, we've seen this. Anybody who's watched the special features of either uh, Man of Steel or Batman v Superman, you've seen the, the Kryptonian uh, script within the, the S along with the texture detail. Um, but so maybe he was kind of just showing off that or obviously it, it seems like he was kind of trying to hint at some of the um, kind of uh, the darker tones of the, the resurrected Superman kind of deal uh, potentially happening in, in Justice League. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of feel like it's more of just a play on the excitement than an actual suit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you say? What's your guess? Is it, is it the black suit or is it or is it just a, a black and white filter? I think it's a black and white filter because even even the even the dark suit in Man of Steel was still blue and red. It was just so it was really dark. It was super dark blue and red. And and so I think it's just sort of playing at obviously the um you know, the idea of this resurrected Superman, you know, uh or the dead Superman, but I, I don't think it's truly I think it's I think it's a filter. All right. Cool. So yeah. yeah, we will we will see. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he had the black suit just because it's I it's kind awesome. yeah it's kind of a famous image from the comics. Um, yeah. I don't like actually need it because as you kind of mentioned, we already got a version of the black suit in Man of Steel. So we'll see what happens. But I wouldn't be shocked at all just because of you know we know that that Zack Snyder likes the comic books. I mean. Oh yeah, we, we think we think that. I know there are some fans who don't think that, but yeah, I mean, he he did honestly pay tribute in his last movie to two of the biggest comic books in both of these characters in Batman and Superman's um, history. But you know, I get it. You can right. you can scrutinize to the break of down, man. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, very fun either way. Yeah. So uh, something else with the Flash. Yeah, uh, this article says confirmed. Uh, it's from Variety. I don't know how confirmed it is, uh, but it's talking a little bit about a cyborg in uh, in the Flash movie. Um, so obviously, it's uh, Ray Fisher played the uh, played cyborg in Justice League. Um, very briefly, very briefly, or I'm not Justice League, sorry, BBS, uh, very briefly, but, um, you know, obviously we see that he's going to be in Justice League and uh, a little bit of hint that uh, he will be in the Flash movie. Uh, basically, uh, Deborah Snyder hinted at the possibility of seeing Cyborg teaming up with the Scarlet Speedster in the Flash um, movie and also revealed that the two youngest members of Justice League would develop a stronger relationship when they meet in the movie in 2017. Uh, there was never really any solid talk uh, or confirmation about this until Deborah kind of hinted at this relationship. Um, my, I mean, it seems fairly confirmed. Obviously, uh, Deborah Snyder is pretty in the know about this stuff. Uh, so it'd be cool the extent of how much she's going to be, in, uh, how much cyborg will be in it. Uh, we'll wait and see, but obviously if cyborg is in it, it's going to be Ray Fisher. So, uh, pretty cool to see that. And obviously kind of, as we were just talking about, you know, the world is open. This is this whole connected universe. So these characters showing up in each other's movies, just kind of par for the course, it seems in the future. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's the fun of a shared universe. It'll be interesting to see how much of cyborg we get. If it's just an extended cameo or if he is truly 
an active part of the story and it's more of a buddy movie. I've heard that. Um, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check and go, okay, he'll be in it, but it's still a Flash movie. It's his movie. It's hard for me to imagine that the cyborg – I mean I could see it kind of on the on the side of them trying to kind of get more of an audience um, following for Cyborg because he's out of all the characters in the Justice League. I would venture to say he's probably the uh, lowest as far as the fan favorites go. Um, well, he's, you know, the le- so- he's the least well-known by the – non-geek audience that's a better way of putting it thank you you know like like yes the general audience knows batman superman wonder woman most most of them can recognize and pick out the flash most can at least know of aquaman cyborg is the only one that doesn't have a lot of that pop culture significance yet and so i think it's smart to introduce him in justice league but then have him show up in flash to really help kind of build up that character before he gets a solo film so i think that makes sense yeah absolutely i don't i don't think he'll exactly be stealing the show in flash's movie but yeah like having him in there as a supporting character and just building kind of that camaraderie would be pretty awesome so i'm excited to hear or see what they do with it yeah um moving on to aquaman there have been rumors about the aquaman film and it seems uh, according to the rap this is still unconfirmed, but the rumor yes. is is that the um, the main adversary for Aquaman in the solo film will indeed be Black Manta. Yes. So Which obviously, since that image came came out of the costumes, the background with Snyder and Momoa, uh, that that one suit really looks very Black Manta esque. Mm-hmm. So not a big surprise, at least at the speculation. Yeah, absolutely, and then I think that's the right call. I mean, Aquaman. His two biggest adversaries are Black Manta and Ocean Master. And I like them both, but I think Black Manta is a little more unique and a little more recognizable, a little more iconic. And so if you want to come out swinging and do the best possible Aquaman movie and not you know, don't assume you're going to get a sequel, use Black Manta. I mean, have Ocean Master there. You can set him up, but... Go go all in with Black Manta, so I'm all for it. I think it's the right call. Yeah, definitely. I think I think I agree. I think it'd be awesome. So moving on to a little bit of speculative news, uh, I think a first time maybe potentially as far as uh, big news. I don't know. I won't even call it big news, but we're talking Justice League Dark here. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, buzz around the idea um, from Variety. This story comes from. Uh, that director Doug Lehman is set to direct uh, Warner Brothers' adaptation of A Dark Universe, or AKA, people are saying it's Justice League Dark. Uh, Warner Brothers hasn't said anything about whether or not this is true, um, but basically sources have added that he has left uh, the Gambit movie, which um, they said it's a mutual split between uh, the studios that were going to make that movie and uh, Doug Lehman. Um, he has previously created... I'm uh, never going to get my Gambit movie, am I, Jamie? I know. Uh, you and me both, pal. I'm never going to get it. You and me both, pal. I'm with you, man. I, I, I was all for it just because I'm like, you know, this this guy needs to get his due. Uh, just the other day, I was showing people uh, clips from <laughs> the 90s X-Men, 
X-Men animated series of Gambit. And just what a smooth guy he is. He he's is just awesome. He's just so smooth. I love it. Uh, but I'm with you, man. It's it's sad. But It's hey, so sad. It's but sad. the good news is Doug Liman is a really talented director. Yes. And if he's not going to do Gambit, welcome to the DC universe, Doug. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, definitely. So he's he's known for uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, uh, the Born Identity is a big movie he did. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith um, is another one that he is quite well known for. So, um, yeah, so he's he's definitely uh, ha- got enough cred to step in here and really cool. I, I love the idea of a Justice League Dark, you know. I mean, I know that Dark is kind of a four-letter word in, in the universe for a lot of people, but – you know, I, this, this the thing that you know I reiterated after Suicide Squad is that I like different. I like that it you know that feels very different, and it mm-hmm. definitely will be very different if they make that movie. So, who knows? But uh, I think we can safely say hashtag confirmed. Doug Liman is definitely one hundred percent going to make Justice League Dark. And then, obviously, Guillermo del Toro will jump on board alongside him, and they will co-direct it, and it's going to be super rad. So I, I don't think that that part's true. I I I, I, I mean, I'm, I said I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't I think just, that's going to happen, Jamie. I mean, isn't the hashtag confirmed thing? Doesn't that mean that it's will definitely happen? Isn't our track record? Oh, oh, absolutely. We are okay. we are without question always on top of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know yeah. Exactly. I mean, Warner Brothers hasn't confirmed this yet, but we will confirm it, and I think it's awesome. You know, like yeah, doing a Justice League Dark movie that just sounds so fun, so different, so unique, um, and I just love Warner Brothers really committing to the DC universe and continuing to add new properties to it. So hell yeah. yeah. Unwavering, unwavering and as they should be. So bring it out. Sweet. Uh, so, um, amongst all these live action films, we have to remember sometimes we get animated films too. And there's one coming out very shortly in two months time. That's something very exciting. We talked about this a year ago, um, but we finally got trailers and a release date for Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. So this is a new animated film in the style of Batman 66 with the voices of Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar reprising their roles. Uh, Jamie, this is going to be awesome. It's so amazing that the the teaser that they put out for it. I mean, they literally are s- sitting in a giant TV tray, uh, <laughs> uh, TV dinner of food, and and it, it's just it's so awesome because we've seen you know these guys as they are now when they obviously are much older and look quite different. Uh, but man, just seeing this this teaser, uh, them they did a great job animating it. It looks like them. It feels. Obviously, very much like the the '66 show, but hearing their voices, it it, it feels uh, so familiar. I mean, it just feels just like it always did. You know, mm-hmm. I I was really curious about Burt Ward, and you know, Adam West has kind of been doing the Adam West thing for quite some time. So I was like, well, you know, I think he's going to be on point as Batman. But to hear Burt Ward delivering his lines as Robin, I mean, it was just phenomenal i'm so pumped for this this is gonna be super cool man yeah i know i can't wait it's gonna be awesome um i think adam west i think he sounded good and i i guess to your point we're kind of used to hearing him at this point burt ward did sound a little old to me um he's older for sure but, but, uh, but he's I older guess, so I and guess, he's doing I his best just, 
when I think of him visually, I mean, I don't want to be cruel or anything, but he does not look like he used to. So hearing his voice sounding, you know, pretty young still. I mean, not not quite sixty six per Ward, uh, but you know, I I was I was pretty impressed with that. I felt I, I, how much I was taken back. All right, uh, to that show. Cool. Uh, yeah, so this comes out digitally on October 11th, and then the disc comes out on November 1st. So this is going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Absolutely. Very cool. Uh, and a couple uh, other animated movies that actually uh, we they, they premiered at San Diego Comic-Con, and we have a couple reviews uh, by uh, Stella on the BatmanUniverse.net that we wanted to cover, but um, uh, one of them is uh, Batman Unlimited Mechs versus mutants and it's a direct-to-video animated film uh, but we got to give them our love too just because they're not going straight to the theaters doesn't mean they don't uh, have a lot to provide there's been a lot of, of fantastic animated features uh, from these guys uh, so the latest film in the Batman Unlimited franchise begins with Mr. Freeze's latest experiment experiment which can turn organisms into supersized mutants uh, Penguin then convinces him to uh, using his intervention in Gotham City, and the duo recruit Killer Croc, Bane, Clayface, and Chemo. Chemo. I think it's Chemo, probably. Um, I haven't heard of that villain. With supersized mutant monsters wrecking Gotham, it's up to Batman, Red Robin, Nightwing, Green Arrow, and Flash, along with some other mechs, along with their mech suits, to stop them. So that's kind of the synopsis of it. Um, again, you know, uh, check out the go to the BatmanUniverse.net to check that out. Um, uh, Stella's review of the film and uh, check it out yourself uh, as as there's so much DC con- content out there and these animated features are super cool uh, direct-to-video the Batman Unlimited series going strong yeah I, I liked the first two I thought they were good uh, and this one I was like ah, do I really need another one I'm, I'm good and then yeah. I read I read it starts with Mr. Freeze's latest experiment, and I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. Yeah, like, I, I'm yeah, that easy. I'm that know, easy. They it's know fine. what to do. They know what to, exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, so this comes out uh, digitally on August 30th, and then on disc September 13th, and I will buy it and put it with the other ones. Um, and it seems like Batman has some huge Pacific Rim mech suit, uh, because why not? Yeah, so, that, that thing looks monstrous. He's Those mech suits, they, they come in handy. Yeah, but it's got Mr. Freeze. That's enough for me. I'll be buying it on September 13th. I get the disc. But in the meantime, yes, go to BatmanUniverse.net to check out Stella's review. Uh, Another one that premiered was DC Superhero Girls Hero of the Year. Uh, It's an upcoming direct-to-video animated film based on the DC Superhero Girls. Uh, It premiered at Comic-Con, but it will be released uh, digitally. Oh, it actually already was released digitally on August 9th, and then will hit actually just hit DVD. Two days ago, on yes. August, when we record this, when uh, on August 23rd. Yeah, so last so, week, for those of you yeah. guys who are listening. So this one's out there. So DC Superhero Girls Hero of the Year is out digitally and on disc if you want to pick that up. Um, so I definitely want to check this out because it has uh, Supergirl, Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman, um, Katana, all kinds of, of great superpowered girls. Uh, this this movie was described as the heroes of Superhero High take on their darkest foes yet. Dark Opal and Eclipso try to channel the powers of the Amethyst at the top of the school in order to plunge the world into darkness and take over. Superhero High is the only thing standing between them and world domination. Um, so Stella yeah, also reviewed this. 
Go to batmanuniverse.net, check out that review, and pick up a copy of this one. So i got to add this to my wish list as well. Uh, that that DVD stand is getting real full, isn't it, Andy? It's uh, I think it's past full, but well, whatever. <laughs> you got the weird like where you're stacking DVDs on DVDs and creating a new shelf with other DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, it's pretty much. It looks. I'm sure it looks wonderful, and who cares? You know, you got to do it. As I, I should just have it my own Batman slash DC shelf. Yeah, there you go, and exactly. then keep everything That's- else separate. I think I think I know what to get you for Christmas this year. There you go. There it is. Uh, moving on to a little bit of TV news, uh, we got a quick look this week at the uh, former Wonder Woman star Linda Carter on the set of Supergirl for season two. Uh, she is um, a Supergirl uh, superstar uh, Melissa. I still don't know how to say her last name properly. But- I say Benoist. Benoist. Okay, that's that's what I was gonna say. Okay, good. I'm not I'm not saying it's right, but that's what I say. It sounds good to me. Uh, you're always the king of saying this this stuff, or at least putting yourself out there to say it right. Uh, she has shared a, besi- a behind the scenes shot of of Kara meeting the president of the United States, who's played by Linda Carter. Um, so this was obviously um, officially announced uh, back in June. We had, I think, we covered this that she joined the cast of Supergirl, um, and you know, just seeing that behind the scenes photo of her uh, alongside of her is is super cool, and uh, it'll be really awesome to see how much um, you know she's a part of this show, and and not to mention with all the crossovers that have been going on. Uh, you know, in the other shows, um, in 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 um, the Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and and we'll see what what other you know uh, shows she's going to be a part of. But awesome to see her back again. Obviously, a beloved woman, uh, Linda Carter, uh, seeing her reprise not to reprise her role, but reprise a, a powerful female role in the DC universe. Yep, I think that's awesome. I can't wait. Did you see the picture of Superman from Supergirl? Oh, yes. Yeah, we didn't even cover that. Yes. Um, It's it's another big one. That is a big one. That is a big one. What did you think? For me, it works. You know, uh, he looks like Superman. Uh, I'll be interested to see him in action, to see his performance. I think he had a weird smile in the picture. But for me, the costume, I think it looks good. It looks like Superman from the same world as Supergirl. So uh, I didn't, like, flip over it or think it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, I agree. I When I initially saw it, I was like, well, I don't feel like it was a strong first image. But like you said, when I was thinking of it in context of the universe, I'm like, you know what? You know, I'm thinking of like jacked, enormous Henry Cavill, you know, Superman. He's he's not as huge. Um, and and so it does it doesn't have like that cinematic feel as much. Um, but, you know, he definitely feels like he belongs. But, you know, of course, I was cracking up because of all of the, um, you know, comparison photos online that have been going up lately yeah. of him and Cavill together. I'm like, oh, I just it, it, it that is those are tough shoes to fill. But I, I think he'll, I think he can uh, definitely prove himself in the show. It'll be it'll be cool to see what he does. Yeah, for sure. I'm down. I'm, I'm yeah. just excited they get to play with him. That sounds wrong, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, um, I know what you mean. Anyway, a little bit, little video game <laughs> stuff here. Um, Rocksteady's released a first trailer for Batman Arkham VR. 
Uh, so it's a, the Where the Cowl trailer for Batman Arkham VR. The game is to launch on PlayStation 4 this October for $19.99. So check out the trailer on the BatmanUniverse.net. Yeah, this is, this is there's not a lot of information here. This is something they were um, uh, showing at Comic-Con, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, it was a pretty long line for it. It was cool that they had the... Um, the headphones that go with the VR system were actually had um, big, tall uh, bat ears uh, connected. Oh, which, yes. Those were is, at Comic-Con. I know. Yes, yes, I kept yes. wanting to do it, but the the line was always so long. The line was killer. And, and honestly, for me personally, knowing that this stuff will go, is going to be out there on, you know, it's all about getting a hold of a um, – a VR headset and somebody who owns that or getting one yourself. Um, I happen to know somebody who's going to be getting one for the, the PlayStation VR. So it's one of those things that I'm like, well, worst case scenario, I'll just fork over the money just to play this thing on theirs. Um, even though I'm not going to have my own headset, but, uh, you know, that you can check out the trailer, as you said, Andy, um, on the BatmanUniverse.net, but it shows kind of, uh, your first person view as Batman. And it's, it looks very cool and very high end, uh, in comparison to a lot of the stuff that we've seen with a lot of the, the, you know, the phone VR stuff, which is pretty limited, you know, the PlayStation VR and, mm-hmm. and some of these VR systems are a lot more advanced, and a lot better looking. So I can't wait to check that out, but definitely check out the trailer online to get your own, uh, opinion on what that's going to look uh, look like and what it's like to wear Batman's cowl and be the Batman. I already know that. I do that every night when I, I run know. around well, when rest, I run around downtown Burbank. The rest of us have to dream and use VR. Yes, well. Darn I'll t- you. I'll, ju- I'll just tell you it's exhilarating. <laughs> Big shock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on uh, to, I think we might have covered this in the past. Uh, Batman Telltale. Yeah, we've series. talked about. We've talked about it. Okay, so yeah, so I think this might be um, a previous uh, story because it's already been announced. Um, a while it's already back. out there. It's been. It's already out. It's been released. Yeah, exactly. So the very first episode will be uh, is available uh, now, and it, and is uh, will be available to purchase at retailers uh, starting September 13th as a special uh, sort of season pass disc, which will include the first five episodes of the season and will grant access to the subsequent four episodes as they become available for download via online updates in in the U.S., in North America. Uh, The series will then be available to purchase at retailers across Europe on September 16th. So this is obviously Batman uh, Telltale Games. Uh, They've done... very renowned for doing The Walking Dead and, and all these other fantastic stories. So this is a very highly anticipated series as well. Yeah, I can't wait to play it. I've got to tell you, even though it is out for PS4 and Xbox One, it is not out for PS3 yet. Um, and because I still have only a PS3, I was very sad that I haven't played it yet. So I'm going to have to buy the disc on September 13th. Oh, your your days are numbered on that PS3, Andy. I know. Oh gosh, I know. how much are PS4s now? I need to get one. I need. I should suck it up and get one. But... I think they're around like the two hundred mark. Oh really? Re- yeah, I think they're pretty reasonable. Oh okay, that's not nearly as bad as I thought. No, they've been out for a couple of years. Now. I just You're wish. Good. I just wish they played the PS3 games. Yeah, the I have so many great. P- I have so many great PS3 games that I still need to play. So that's I know. 
and it, it forces you to like you're like well just in case and then you keep both systems stacked and then yeah. you have like, this graveyard of old game systems exactly <laughs> I saw my Xbox 360 on my shelf I'm like who am I kidding I'm not I I haven't gone back once to play anything on that well, but here's just here's how I play video games Jamie I turn on the PlayStation 3 mm-hmm. and it requires a system update so I update the system. And that takes about a half an hour. Uh-huh. Then I put in the game that I want to play, and the game has an update. So sure. I update the game, and that takes another half an hour. Uh, then it installs the updates, and so I have to wait for those to install. Sure. And then when it's time to play the game, I turn it off um, because I've run out of time and it's time for bed. Yes. And then I do it all again a few weeks later. You know, the truth is, Andy, uh, I know you feel like you're getting uh, really gypped on this deal, but that's actually the game. That's the game, that's the game. That we're all playing. It's, it's, so. it's, it's the download and install game. Yeah, it's a It's a lot like game. life. It's yeah. long, it's tedious, and very unfulfilling. Oh, gosh. That's so sad. Have man. a great day, everybody. Oh, gosh, yeah. So we just sign off here. There you go. <laughs> life is hell, all right? Expect the worst. Somebody somebody, check on Andy. Um, <laughs> get all the sharp objects out of his house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, yes. I t- I'm totally going to play the Telltale one because I, I, I loved their Jurassic Park one. I loved their Back to the Future one. So when they were doing Batman, I'm like, yep, count me in. Yep, absolutely. Story-driven games is what they do. So if you care about story and and you know relatable characters and people you care about in a game, then you should probably check this game out. Do you know who likes stories? Who's that? Me. Do you? I've I, I've been I known know. to enjoy a good yarn now and then. A good yarn. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man. Uh, oh, man. There's something yeah, else. No something surprise. else. Video game here. Something else. Arkham. What's yes. going on here? Yes, it's some some other uh, Arkham Underworld Unleashed. Uh, so this has uh, apparently always been a missing aspect of the Arkham series. The ability to control uh, the the villains of the Arkham world until now, and it's available for oh. iOS devices. The game, this game, allows you to pick. I up have the, seen this one. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. I've been tempted. Yes. Because yes. I, f- I fell off of all of my other time-consuming games, like Simpsons Tapped Out and things like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, yes, no. it's it's an no. iOS game in the Arkham Universe where you take control of the villains. Yeah, and, the, and this might be the, the right one for you, Andy, because honestly, the, this is probably going to be a little bit of a, you know, these Arkham games, they build like these 60 to 80 hour games a lot of times. I mean, it's a huge time commitment to get all the way through the story. Uh, my guess is um, this will be a lot more um, fundamental as far as kind of just the basics of these villains and getting to really just send out your minions and kind of uh, scheme and plot and play these characters. Uh, so you can control the likes of Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, or Scarecrow, and build your hideout, hire henchmen, and play story missions throughout Gotham. Uh, the game is now available, and you can check out the trailer on the BatmanUniverse.net. Uh, let us know what you guys think of it if you check it out and if it's the right game for someone like Andy who basically... Yeah, tell me if I... you. I'm going to leave it in your hands, listeners. Yes. Let yes. me know if this is worth me playing because yes. I like these games. I especially like the low-commitment games I can do on my iPad. Um, but again, I fell off of, of Simpsons. I fell off of uh, the, the Disney Magic Kingdoms one. And so... 
you know, I've got a little hole. I got a little space. And so let me know if this one's worthwhile. Absolutely. Uh, and actually, I forgot to put this on the show notes, but this kind of falls right in line with your style game. In Justice 2, they've been releasing more footage of the game lately, and they actually just released two new playable characters, Harley Quinn and Deadshot. And they have, uh, I believe we have the footage, uh, the trailer for these two characters up on the BatmanUniverse.net. And uh, it looks awesome. Uh, you know, these characters are getting more and more realistic. But, you know, that game is one of those games that's, I think, more in line with your playing style, Andy, where you can be the character and embody them and use their powers for good or evil or just generally to harm the other character. And, uh, you know, you don't have to sacrifice, uh, you know, two solid weeks of gameplay in order to do that. Yeah. So, I so always like I always out. like when like it's like the Joker beating up Superman. Yeah. You know, the Joker's yeah. hand buzzer taking yeah. damage off Superman. Yeah, like, there's, there's a <laughs> little problem him, here. Yeah, him throwing teeth and, yeah. <laughs> and versus laser vision. You're like, I, I don't know how this I'll makes go sense, with it. I'm having a blast. I'll go with it. <laughs> I, I, I have Injustice, and I enjoy it. I think it's good. Um, so yeah, anyway. Second one should be fun, too. Yeah. Uh, other news, Mad Magazine announces Goodnight Batcave book. So uh, if you grew up reading Mad Magazine uh, or grew up reading kids' books, you probably heard of Goodnight Moon. And I honestly have never read Goodnight Moon. but I only, have I. I only know about it because of female Facebook friends who every once in a while will, will put Goodnight Moon at the end of the evening. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a thing apparently. Yeah, whatever um, that means. Whatever. But knows. anyway, Mad Magazine is doing one that is for guys like us called Goodnight Batcave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can finally understand what the story is, but with a bat-themed um, twist, which is pretty much how we need everything delivered in our lives, right, Andy? I mean, yeah, I, I don't eat a sandwich unless it has bat ears on it. That's personally. that's kind of my rule. Everything should have Batman. Um, yeah. So here's the description of this amazing Batman story. Uh, it says, Batman may be ready for bed, but crime never sleeps. And before the Cape Crusader can turn in for the night, he'll have to deal with the villains like the Joker, Bane, Mr. Freeze, Catwoman, and the Penguin. If the Dark Knight ever hopes to catch some Zs, he'll have to catch Gotham's most dangerous criminals first. Uh, I love it, man. Uh, Uh, This is, I'm going to have a child for the sole reason of reading in this book. I thought that was almost an announcement right there. No, actually, you no, know, there's no, like, there's no child on the horizon yet. But I will read this to my cats until there is a child. So hashtag confirmed that was the announcement and the the start of this whole process of you know making children and all that has started because of Goodnight Batcave. So yeah. thank you, Mad Magazine, for getting the you know this just going for Andy you know he needed sort of the the cue right to get going and and now the children will be a plenty so that they all can enjoy good night back cave uh from the readings of Andy DiGenova it's going to yeah. be fantastic yeah. so <laughs> so great hashtag confirmed that let that Andy will let my wife know yeah yeah absolutely so let her know she yeah she is a part of it i guess yeah i think right. it's you know i think what's funny is your family it's it's rude for them they don't want to know about your sex life like that's not something they want to talk about it's not appropriate unless you've just been married then everyone you're related to asks you you guys trying huh you trying 
How yeah. often? What days? Well, you want to, you got a schedule? No. Uh, what, what, what positions? I'm like, wow. Mom, yeah. I, uh, I'm not talking about this. So, I mean, my guess is the best response is to just go into as gory, horrific detail as you possibly can. Like, just make up and elaborate as much as possible. And maybe I go, I go the way we're the doing time. it, there will be no kids. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is, that is some inside baseball right sorry, there. To, sorry. To just being that's married. so inappropriate. No, um, no. I think that's a good warning for, for all of us out there, you know. <laughs> Uh, Your day will know. come. We're, we're, we're providing, um, you know, life lessons and Batman news. That's what we do here. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, DC Entertainment is going to offer an all-day live stream in honor of 1 million YouTube subscribers. So a, spe- a special eight-hour live event for fans in September to celebrate this important digital milestone. So uh, you can check out uh, this. Let's see what it says here. The YouTube live stream featuring interviews with comic creators, insider info, and much more. It was announced that the it was announced to celebrate DC All Access getting 1 million subscribers. Um, DC's D- Director of Digital Marketing, Paul Malmont, said, it's exciting to see what we've accomplished in just three years. Adding, now more than ever, we're committed to bringing unique, entertaining stories to to all things DC to our fans. The first ever DC All Access All Day Live Stream event is a thank you to our fans and for their support. So with a full eight hours planned, it's possible we might get news. We don't know. Uh, so make sure you check it out. This is happening on September 2nd and starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, and then also, uh, we didn't add it here, but Paul Mammon, uh, he continued on and said, you know, uh, the only thing that we could just really nail down with um, DC All Access is if we could just get rid of our current uh, mail host and bring on Andy DiGenova, but he hasn't returned our calls, even yeah. though we've just been calling incessantly, <laughs> and uh, because everyone knows that he's perfect to host this. I mean, we've all been saying it for years. It's finally to just, you know, time to just bury the hatchet and just make this happen so uh you know thanks paul for finally saying what needed to be said and getting andy uh, the host of dc all access uh for much to the honestly just relief of all of us who have been tolerating uh dc all access without andy this entire time Mm, so mm. so thanks for that you're Uh, very you're very kind yeah, well, I'm just saying, it, like I said, you know, we've all been just waiting for the announcement. So, uh, you know, just just go ahead and do that officially, Paul. Uh, we're tired of this. <laughs> we're tired of this playing around here. We all know who needs to be on that, hosting it. And I will be getting my pitchfork and torch very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, there's a kind of a fun little uh, contest online uh, to find out, uh, uh, I guess, a, a media research film and digital media consultancy called Physiology uh, did a test to see what the favorite movie of Twitter was by hashtagging uh, hashtag Fave7Films on Twitter. And the Dark Knight dominated uh, said uh, contest. Uh, it was mentioned 5,056 times between 5 a.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, a couple weeks back. And uh, the hashtag was used nearly 100,000 times uh, during the entire span. Uh, so pretty awesome that the Dark Knight is still, you know, we all know that that's considered one of the highest 
uh, comic book movies, best comic book movies of all time, but to the fact that it just amongst the best films of all time, uh, the top 15 list went, uh, I'll give you at least the top 10, is The Dark Knight, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Empire Strikes Back, The Godfather, Goodfellas, Alien Fight Club, Harry Potter, and Jaws. Uh, so, wow, like... I'll give you the the fifteen just to show the because these other ones are huge too. Uh, Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park, Blade Runner, The Big Lebowski, and Rocky. So huge, huge movies. I mean, it's it's astounding to me that uh, you know that 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 would get uh, the number one spot uh, as much as I love that movie because these are really big movies. But man, the love for the Batman is strong and it's out there. It's a great movie. It is phenomenal. It's a great movie. I'm, I'm not surprised. It belongs up there. That's right. Number 16 was Batman and Robin. Fun it fact. was? Yeah. Oh, just, man. Just missed the top 15. So sad. Yeah, you know, I heard what the thing that knocked it off. They just, they were like, too much hockey. Yeah. Can't <laughs> put a movie with that much hockey in the top 15. That was you, the biggest knock of it. You get the ice, I'll get the ice, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> Jeez. Oh, boy. Uh, quick listener feedback, dude. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, so, obviously, we had a hey, uh, uh, hey-itis, which is a new version of a hiatus. <laughs> and uh, Steve wrote us and said, all right, so much Batman news to check up on my drives to work have been Batman-less. And that was all he said. So, Steve, we apologize to you. We're back in action. Um, uh, following that, Dave said, Thanks hey, for guys. missing us, Steve. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Steve. noticing. Yeah, you're you're a pal, and and we missed you guys too. Uh, Dave followed up. Hey guys, just a couple of questions. This year was supposed to be the coming out party for the DCEU BBS. What party of the D? Uh, I was hopefully going to be an event film that would right the wrongs of Man of Steel and introduce a new Batman. Oh, okay, I get it. Uh, but the train derailed and all eyes shifted to Suicide Squad, which was originally thought to be more of an experimental sort of film, bad versus evil. But suddenly all the hopes and dreams of the DC fandom was pinned on it, and it too derailed, uh, says the critics, I must add. Uh, so my question is, was Suicide Squad doomed to failure after BBFs? BVS was savaged by critics, and is Wonder Woman now destined to suffer the same fate? Uh, he wrote Faith. I'm assuming he means fate. Uh, it's already started, quote unquote. What a beautiful teaser! It was more than I had hoped. Uh, just wait until December when the first full, tra- full trailer will probably be released and see what's said then. Uh, let's cover that first. What do you think, Andy? Uh, do I think Wonder Woman? Oh uh, well, okay. Is wait, doomed. Wait. So critically, Suicide probably. Squad. Ye- I do think that it, it suffered a little bit because of some of the negativity around Batman v Superman. Uh, so I think that a lot of the people who did not like Batman v Superman were ready to dislike Suicide Squad as well. So yeah, I do think that it was almost like negative momentum in that respect. Um, because some, because again, some of the negative reviews were just so over the top that it was kind of baffling. Um, and then, yeah, but, I think it. I think it, honestly, like I've made the comparison where Deadpool was cool to love. Like the DC universe has been cool to hate critically. Totally, and not just critically. Like you know, they're just so, yeah. Socially, even by fans, media, it's it's yeah. it's cool to hate it. Uh-huh. Uh But do I think Wonder Woman is doomed to suffer the same fate? No, I don't. I think that Wonder Woman uh, was 
most people was a huge highlight of Batman v Superman for most people, including people who did not like the movie. Uh, even people who did not like Batman v Superman tended to like Wonder Woman in that film. The trailer was incredibly well received, and because Wonder Woman does feel so separate from BVS and Suicide Squad. It does feel a little more on its own. And the fact that it's our first big screen Wonder Woman solo film, people want to like this movie. People want this movie to be successful. And so I think that it has a lot more goodwill going for it at this point than BVS did because of the negativity that came from Man of Steel. Uh, as well as many other things, and and even Suicide Squad. I think that there's a lot more people rooting for Wonder Woman than rooting against it, and I think that'll work out for it. Yeah, 100% agree. I I just think that, you know, like you said, uh, people want this to be awesome. Um, Not that they didn't want the other movies to be awesome, but the content, definitely the the strong female lead and the fact that she's never had her own movie. I mean, there's just so much going for this, um, aside from just the fact that the trailers have been fantastic and we're seeing um, Gal Gadot uh, be this phenomenal wonder woman that she's already well liked uh and what we've seen so far i mean no i I would say that uh thankfully that this seems to be in my mind um moderately immune uh to that i wouldn't say fully immune because i think there's people that are just looking to tear it all down but um you know some men just want to watch the world burn so what can you say (laughs) right uh, following that, uh, Dave said, Andy, you said Suicide Squad isn't a perfect film, but it's an incredibly entertaining one. But in terms of the script and the overall production, how would you compare it to Civil War and Winter Soldier? In your opinion, what sort of commitment is lacking in order to make this almost a perfect film? Thanks and have a good one, Dave. Uh, Dave, those movies are not DC movies, so <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. And we've never even seen those movies. Um, so... Civil War. I'm not big into historical epics. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose, I I like gray versus blue clothing. So, yeah. I mean, is that the right choice? I don't. I really mean, know. Glory was pretty sweet, but I didn't think it needed a remake <laughs> this year. Oh man, that soundtrack to that movie! If you haven't seen that movie, just type in Glory uh, theme, and then just watch yourself start to cry in the mirror because it's it's so powerful. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so. Suicide Squad isn't a perfect film, but it's an incredibly entertaining one. I stand by those words. Um, uh, I, I Honestly, I loved Captain America Civil War. I loved Captain America The Winter Soldier. I had issues with both of those films as well, but I think they're both really great, well-made films. Um, but I also don't give them a full-on pass that they're perfect and wouldn't change a thing. I would change some things here and there uh, in both of those films. Um, First and foremost, I would have kept Alan Silvestri's amazing Captain America theme music from the first film. That still bugs me, but what are you going to do? And and I have have some other nitpicks here and there about those films, but that's not what this podcast is about. But I think that they're both really great movies. I love them both. it's kind of interesting. He says the commitment lacking, but to me, it's it's almost it's not a commitment issue. It's these are these are very different movies overall, don't you think? Oh yeah, I mean they're yeah. they're, they're totally different movies. So it, it is interesting to to try and compare Winter Soldier and Civil War to Suicide Squad because they feel so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I mean, but they all have one thing in common: a pretty lame villain. So 
Ew. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> At least Civil War had kind of, you know, the, the rivalry. To well, well yeah, Civil War, you can kind of say Iron Man's the villain and that yeah. kind of, you and know. Winter Soldier, like the Winter Soldier is kind of the villain throughout uh, as well. He's more of a weapon than a villain. Oh, fine. The villain, the villain, the villain is crusty old Robert Redford. Um, Spoilers, and uh, he was still great. Jeremiah Johnson, screw you. No, he's an amazing actor. I love it, but I don't need to see Captain America going up against a geriatric old man. Like that's just not super exciting to me. Um, Imagine if that movie just ended with him just beating the hell out of of Robert Redford, like maliciously, like or he didn't. He wouldn't even have to do it, like that full on he just hits him once and it's just like everyone just recoils at the idea it's like you just struck that older gentleman in a horrifically <laughs> harsh manner and then just the backlash through <laughs> that's that's my dream ending for that movie uh <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> i'm all for it um anyway uh I'm, I'm honestly not ripping on Civil War or Winter Soldier because, again, I, I think those are great movies. Winter Soldier was my favorite movie of 2014. Uh, Civil War is one of is one of my favorite movies of this year. I think they're both great. But, I, again, they're not beyond uh, criticism, despite what some people may tell you. Absolutely. Um, Suicide Squad, I do think, is, is a, a more flawed film than those two. And I think I get what you're getting at about lack of commitment or, or something like that, because, because of all of the swirl and conversation about, um, David Ayer having his vision and then Warner brothers trying to make it more fun and trying to make it more of a crowd pleaser and trying to, you know, get different edits in there to make it snappier or quicker or whatever. And maybe there was a little bit of uh, a pull and push and pull there and I think that you can see that a little bit in the finished film. I don't think it is a terminal flaw because honestly, I think some of those things turned out for the best. I, I liked some of the uh, decisions that I think came from the additional edits of the movie, but there are also some moments in the movie where it didn't quite gel. So I think that's what you're getting at, and I totally get it. And I think that what needs to happen is that the difference between uh, – movies like Civil War and Winter Soldier is the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige and Marvel, they all got together on day one and made a decision and made decided on an approach and committed to their story and made that movie. It seems as if what happened with Suicide Squad is Warner Brothers said, hey, David Ayer, we trust you. Make your Suicide Squad movie. Here's $150 or $175 million. And then they started to get concerned and said, well, what if we did this with the movie? Or what if we did that with the movie? And hey, David Ayer, could we do this with the movie? And then they were trying to change it midstream, which ended up with an end product that was a little more schizophrenic than a more unified vision that would have been if they had, if they had been all completely on the same page on day one. Yeah. The suicide squad has had so much more to deal with during production. Um, just because of all that backlash, you're right. I mean, geez, it's like, Hey, you know, we trust you to make your movie, but can you make it a little bit more like this and that? And that's where it starts to fall apart generally. So yeah. yeah, And if, if that conversation had happened on day one, I think it would be a very different end product, but but because that happened, after principal photography, allegedly, again, it's all allegedly. We don't yes, know. But indeed. because that allegedly happened after principal photography had wrapped, yeah, it's going to be a little uh, 
it's it's not going to be as smooth. It's going to feel not quite as unified, and I think that is why Suicide Squad got some of the criticisms it did. Absolutely agreed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Last uh, email comes from Joe. Joe says, "Love the show, guys. Thanks for uh, what." I think he means being the hustlers of entertainment. But, it says, it says but I thanks for the hustlers of entertainment. Um, Did we somehow deliver the hustlers of entertainment unknowingly, I don't, Andy? I don't know how that happened. What I don't, have we done? Was, did we say some spell that delivers uh, to Joe the hustlers Yeah. Of well, you're welcome, Joe. <laughs> you're welcome, Joe. Hope Enjoy. Those hustlers of entertainment are um, treating you well. Yeah. So anyway, it says this is really just an opinion, but would love to hear your thoughts. I love the timeline uh, for Batman in the DCEU. I've always felt it's weird for Batman to take on someone like the Penguin one minute and then go on to fight Darkseid with the Justice League the next. I like that here it is somewhat reminiscent of Batman the Animated Series where Batman has his has his whole solo history first and then Superman and the Justice League come along later in his career. Also leaves a lot up to our imagination as far as what this Batman has faced before we see him. A lot of options now for the solo Bat movies. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. P.S. Love the random movie quotes and tangents you go on. Haha. Well, good, Joe. I'm glad someone does. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, at least there's one out there that enjoys it. (laughs) To everyone else... We're sorry. We're so sorry. Just I'm watch sorry. We're sorry. And then, and then Batman Forever is the other one. Um, that not for Mandy, but for me. I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, interesting thought. And honestly, I I, I like this thought. Uh, the fact that I mean, I do love the fact that this is an established Batman. Um, I like the fact that his rogues gallery is already out there. I like that he's got a lot of years in a solo career. I think that's great. I think that is something different that we have then then we have seen in all of these cinematic versions of Batman. And I like that choice as well, because that way he is more of an elder statesman. He's got a little more experience. He's got more to bring to the table when it comes to the justice league. So I will agree with you, Joe. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, not that cinematically, that generally, uh, actually overall cinematically, it is always this way because we haven't really seen um, in the big uh, tentpole Batman movies him come up in, with, uh, and against Darkseid and some of these Justice League, these larger uh, villains that I can think of at all. But yes, I, I, either way, um, your point being that since we are getting into that finally, they didn't just throw us into the middle of it and say, hey, Batman is part of the Justice League, get used to it. You know, It's not one of those sort of things. The way that they've built it I think is brilliant. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Seeing, uh, even though it was a, a lot for people to swallow, um, you know, this grizzled Batman that's really just kind of at his wit's end with a lot of these guys. And really interesting, as we've talked about, um, the timelines of a lot of these characters. Um, they're really playing with a lot. Lex Luthor is young. The Flash is young. You know, a cyborg generally is is um, pretty young uh, guy, but, you know, he's young in this movie. Momoa, uh, or Aquaman, <laughs> Momoa, this, you know, uh, that's what they're just going to change his name. He's my favorite anyways. superhero. Yeah, Momoa. exactly. Momoa, my favorite superhero. Uh, you know, he's kind of like middle-aged to older, I think, as well. So it's, it's really cool and really different that uh, they're sort of 
they're not all we i think most justice league they seem kind of the same around the same age um so so yeah they're they're definitely uh, messing around with that a little bit but um very i i love the 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 point that batman is coming into the justice league in this i think it's awesome as well Excellent. Well, this has been a longish episode, but we we owed it to you. It has been that long, so it's been good to be back, Jamie. We got to be better. Hey, you know, life happens, and we apologize. Uh, we promise you, the guys, that if we're not checking with you, it's it's either there's zero news, which generally doesn't happen because we'll talk our way through it anyway. Um, nine, 99% of the time, it's because life happens, and we couldn't record. So we apologize, but know that it's not because we don't love doing it. It's just because, you know, life it yeah. gets in the way. Hopefully oh. hopefully things will settle down. Oh, my gosh. I just – yeah, I agreed. Uh, uh I just thought of just talking about Aquaman. One of the merchandise pieces, uh, go out, go to check to the, uh, the BatmanUniverse.net and check the San Diego Comic-Con merchandise video. It's from, I think, DC All Access or uh, DC uh, Figurines or, or whatever that, that we linked on there. But one of the figures from San Diego Comic-Con that I hadn't seen until just this week is actually a DC Bombshells figure of Aquaman. What? Which is hilarious. It is, dude, you got to see it. I don't, yes. Yeah, See, I don't. I don't think you've seen it either. But dude, it is. I don't. You know what? It sounds vaguely <laughs> familiar. He's Aquaman like, he's got DC like, almost like sailor pants on. Um, they kind of seem like a little flared out in the bottom. But oh. it's just. It is got. I think he. Has I like, like a, it. I think he has like a sailor. Like yeah, a, he's got like yeah, he's got like like bell bottom pants, and he's got a tattoo, and he's wearing a little sailor hat. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, was... now I know what you're getting for Christmas. There we go. See, it's all worked out here. Gosh, we get a lot solved on this on this show. See, this is why we got to do it. This is, this is not only for fun, but it's also good for us as people, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. That's what we're going to put a pin in it. That was, will wrap up this episode of the Batman Universe. Make sure you do go to the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out all the other great shows there. Check out the news. Watch the videos. Look at the pictures that we talk about. A great one-stop shop for all things Batman. And while you're there, uh, if you enjoy this show, any contribution you could make to help us with the cost of the servers would be greatly appreciated. Again, that's right there on the homepage on the right side. If you can't get enough Batman talk, check out my other show, Holy Batcast. You can find that wherever you find podcasts. And uh, what did we just do? We just talked. Uh, we just answered. So, what's his face? with Forbes. Uh, yeah, we just did one with Mark Hughes from Forbes Hughes, yeah. talking about Suicide Squad, so you can check that out by looking up Holy Batcast. Um, if you'd like to follow Jamie on social media, look him up on Instagram or on Twitter, Batman Pop-Tart. I wouldn't and, recommend it, but, you know, hey, exercise caution, but, you know, good luck to you. If you're bored. Uh, <laughs> and if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram or on Twitter. Just search my name, Andy DiGenova. Uh, so that will do it. For this episode, on behalf of Jamie, I have been one of your co-hosts, Andy DiGenova, and it was fun hanging with you here Uh, in the Batman universe. It's been a blast, Andy. Thanks, bud. Of course. Bye! Bye! The Batman Universe is not affiliated with Warner Brothers or DC Entertainment. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies or organizations that they happen to work for. 
But thanks for joining us for this episode, and we will see you around Gotham. Let's. I miss talking Batman because I never do it otherwise. I know. That's the problem with you, Andy, is you're just never you know available to talk batman at all you don't make yourself available you don't put yourself out there you're a recluse uh batman talker i am most people don't even know i like batman i keep it pretty on the down low yeah unlike me who everyone knows i love batman and i get that same backboard um or that the new one is the the uh, the vinyl that's been cut to the shape of Gotham City. That's the new one that I've been getting. Sent, yeah, like, yeah. Two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a cool one though. But <laughs> I've seen it a lot. Right, right. <laughs>